It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Frequent Thursday morning uh, to you as we welcome you along to the programme. We've got John Paul taking your calls. 1850-333-103. Texts or WhatsApps are also uh, welcome and already coming into us at 0862-103-103. And let me just start with actually some of your calls and comments coming into the programme. But firstly, Cork County Council have been on to us to say that the Mallow Castle grounds remains closed today. And this too is this is to allow for the continued clean-up operations following Storm Barra on Tuesday. It, it will reopen to the public tomorrow morning, Friday, as normal. But Cork County Council, I want to apologise for any inconvenience caused because anybody living in the Mallow area uh, will know it's a very popular place for people to go out walking. Now, obviously, there's a lot of trees uh, in the Mallow Castle grounds. So I'm assuming with Storm Barra, Hopefully they didn't lose any of the very old trees where branches would have come down. There'll be a lot of debris. So for safety reasons, they're not allowing anyone in while that clean-up operation is underway. So Mallow Castle Grounds closed but will reopen uh, tomorrow. Now Julie was on to us about the One for All vouchers, which again are something that are going to be very popular with Christmas. But you know, if, you, if you're trying to rack your brains and you don't know what to buy somebody, vouchers can be a great idea for people because it allows you to, I mean, I think people like to give vouchers, people like to receive vouchers. I know there's some people feel that the giving of a voucher is a very impersonal thing to do but certainly when you get a voucher, the one advice we always give though is vouchers is as soon as you get them go out and spend them because we've seen so many things can go wrong with vouchers particularly if, if, you know, God forbid the shop closed down, the business closed down where you got your voucher from or you forget about the voucher and then the whole expiry date thing which we know got sorted and at least now there's a five year expiry on it but you have a tendency to put a voucher in a drawer and it gets forgotten about and that's the worst thing you can do with a voucher Anyway, our Julie was going off to buy one for all voucher and she went along to her local post office post office because they're one of the places that sell the one for all voucher. And when she was buying the one for all voucher, she was charged two euro uh, fifty. And she was kind of taken aback saying, why are you charging me two euro fifty for my one for all voucher? And the nice person in the post office said, sorry, that's uh, handling. It's an admin charge. So Judy got on to us to say, is that correct? Is that when you're buying an offer one voucher, is there always a charge? So we got on to one post and they say, yeah, it is. It's a it's a two euro handling charge for the first voucher in a transaction and then 50 cent for every voucher thereafter. But they did tell us that if you purchase a one for all voucher valued at a thousand euro or over, it's free. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I don't know how many 1,000 euro vouchers are actually purchased but if anybody wants to buy one and pass it on feel free but they're free but anything under 1,000 2 euro handling fee for the first voucher and then 50 cent for every voucher thereafter because of course businesses coming up to Christmas now because Christmas parties aren't done etc you will find that a number of businesses will might give their workers one of those vouchers instead so when they're buying multiple vouchers they don't have to pay the two euro on every one just on the first one and we I also spoke about prize bonds was it last week we were talking about prize bonds and again prize bonds are something that can be quite popular to give as Christmas presents as, as well but the reason we were talking about it was somebody was saying does anybody ever win on prize bonds and every now and again it comes up on the programme and I said as soon as I start talking about prize bonds and mentioning prize bonds I inevitably will have somebody listening to the programme who will win on a prize bond and I haven't been let down this time either because lo and behold Frank sent in an email to me uh, yesterday to say Hi Patricia you spoke about prize bonds on your show last week well look what I received in the post today so people do win something and he sent in a picture he's won now again it's you never get the big wins even though Frank hang in there you might win a big he's won at 50 euro which I think is the lowest prize isn't it you, you can win but he's a, a happy man. Uh, Frankie is 50 euro better off thanks to his prize bond uh, investment and as I say it's there again it has never happened that I don't mention prize bonds and somebody listening out of the blue will say God knew when he talked about prize bonds the other day and look what arrived in the post because of course that's how you find out if you win this little envelope arrives and I'm open to correction but I'm nearly sure they always arrive on a Tuesday now, they couldn't have arrived on a Tuesday this week because we had Storm Barrow and there was no post. So it was yesterday. People would have been starting to receive a win to say in the weekly draw that they'd won on the prize bond. So congratulations to you, Frankie. And of course, the other, and what, why we may have started talking about prize bonds, could have been something to do with the lotto because we've had so many people complaining about the rollover jackpot in the lotto. And when is this 19 million euro ever going to be won. Well I can tell you that the people that run the lotto the bosses at the lotto are going to be appearing next week before the Oireachtas Committee and they've been specifically brought in to answer questions about this longest lotto rollover in history since the Irish National Lottery was set up we have never had a jackpot that has rolled over for quite, for such a long time. We're now at Oh, because it, it wasn't one last night. There was a midweek draw last night, but it wasn't one. We're at 186 days since we have had a lotto jackpot uh, winner. So the chief executive and the regulator of the National Lottery are both going to have to sit down and face TDs and senators at the Oireachtas Finance Committee and it's happening next uh, Wednesday. The last win of the jackpot in this country was on the 6th of June. So that means there has been 52 draws since between the Wednesday and the Saturday draw and of course it got to the stage where it got capped at 19 million and we know they cap it because if they allow it to roll over and roll over and roll over you'll get a syndicate who will be able to put all the combinations of numbers together and of course it has, we were always told that the lotto has to be a game of chance and it's not fair to allow syndicates that have pulled off coups in the past so that's the reason when it gets to and it's the same with the Euro Millions they realised people were 
getting involved in syndicates and having a, a coup to take take the money away from uh, from people and taking away the chance element of it. So that's why even on Euro Millions, when they get, now theirs is a much higher uh, figure, but they when they get to a certain amount, it gets capped as well. So ours is capped at 19 million and it's not going to go any uh, further. But at this stage, people just want that 19 million euro won by somebody and ideally by your good self or by a family member. And it was Brendan, Bernard Durkin, my apologies, Bernard, Bernard Durkin, the Fine Gael uh, TD. He is the one that got the ball rolling a number of weeks ago and he says there an investigation needs to happen into the lotto. And he was saying that the lotto officials will have to answer questions over the ability of the process not to be interfered with by uh, anyone. And that's a really tough question that a lot of bosses are going to have to answer. Bernard Durkin is a Kildare North TD and he said he wants to see the lotto system tested to make sure that it is operating correctly as he's raised concerns over the length of time since the jackpot has been won. And he cites the example that from January to June, up to that date on the 6th of June this year, the jackpot had been won five times in this country. But from the 6th of June up to the draw last night, there has been no winner and there has been 52 draws in between. He said there's a process that we have to go through now. He says we have to test the system to make sure it's working in accordance with the original intentions. And he says if it transpires that there's any kind of problem with it, then he said we need to know what that problem is. And he's you know putting out questions like could it be an electrical problem? Is the system, is it still fit for purpose? He says he doesn't know the answers to these questions, but he reckons that the chief executive, the regulator of the National Lottery, they're the ones to be brought in and to make sure that everything is above board. He said we need to investigate it. We need to ask the questions. He also wants to find out from KPMG and they're the ones who supervise it and make sure that everything is above board. He said we may need to make sure that KPMG are fully satisfied with the way the lottery draws are done every Wednesday and uh, Saturday night. Bernard Durkin also believed that the odds are getting longer when it came to the twice weekly draw and of course it is because there's more balls in there. When it started out there was only 36 balls and now what's it at? 47 at the moment. Bernard Durkin also voiced concern that the long run without a jackpot he also reckons it could be discouraging people from buying tickets and of course we're encouraged to buy lotto tickets every week because it ra- it does raise vital funds for charities and uh, community groups. And I wonder will they ask will they ask the lotto bosses that because obviously they know from week to week and from Wednesday to Saturday they know exactly how many people are playing the lotto. And I wonder week on week as the jackpot as you know we start to get into fifty two draws. But say when it got to 40 draws without uh, a win and up into now into the 50 weeks without without a win uh, or 50 draws rather than weeks since we've had a win. I wonder will they they'll have the information as to have our people now not interacting and not engaging and not buying lotto tickets because there's a view I'm sure nobody's winning this why am I wasting my money every week so we will wait with bated breath to see what comes out from that Oroctus Finance Committee which is happening next Wednesday and I must get John Paul to check and see if we any of our local TDs or Senators on that uh, Finance uh, Committee because I certainly will be interested to see and hear what is said at it and just to acknowledge I had a letter in from uh, a listener just, it's just literally signed a listener who has asked me please 
to remind the good people of Cork City and County when you're out doing shopping in the run up to Christmas to please make sure that you support small shops. This listener says they are the most valuable part of our heritage. Listener said I always go out of my way to make sure that I support the small independence uh, shops. This listener feels it's actually a practical Christian thing to do in the run up to Christmas. People have voted with their feet to ignore them. Well, some people have and this listener feels that they need help. So if you're going out doing any shopping today, can you please make sure that some of your spend is included in a small local shop run by could be run by one of your neighbours, run by somebody in your community, the little independent stores. They probably need our support more than ever this year. Hi Patricia, I don't suppose the National Lottery bosses would decrease the amount of numbers in the lotto to give people a better chance of uh, winning. No, Jim, I don't think there's a chance of that. But I actually do think it is one of the things they're going to be asked to do when they get quizzed by the members of the Oireachtas Finance Committee next week. But I can nearly guarantee you the answer will be no, but sure we can live in hope. And thanks to John Paul who tells me that uh, Solidarity, uh, People Before Profit TD, Mick Barry is actually a member of the Finance Committee and he is uh, from Cork. It's good to have somebody from Cork there if we can try and get to, to chat about what exactly is said at that at that particular Oireachtas meeting next uh, Wednesday. And on the lotto, Morris in Glantan said, if you estimate what they are adding on to the second prizes, it isn't huge. If they're adding it down the line, Morris is querying where is the money going if they have the, the actual jackpot uh, capped? Because he said, if you look back on the other draws and look down at the prizes that were won, it doesn't reflect that the prizes have gone up by much since they've capped the actual amount. So he's querying where is all the extra money going. No doubt that will be put to the lot of bosses next week as well. Uh, thank you for your call, Morris. And some calls in from the Castle Magnar area. There are people in the Castle Magnar area that are still without power since Storm Barra on Tuesday. We've contacted the ESB networks and unfortunately don't have the best of news for the people without power in Castle Magnar. They are hoping at this stage to have to have power returned to that area by tomorrow evening. It's uh, because of the amount of damage that was done in that area. They're working at, on it. They're very much aware that there are some people without power in Castle Magnar, but it will be tomorrow evening, they reckon, before power is uh, fully restored. And that's a long, long time to be without power. And Bertie contacted us earlier in the week because he was having problems with his Vodafone broadband. Basically what happened uh, was it stopped working. And he was trying to contact Vodafone and he wasn't having any luck and he was really in a bit of a pickle. And again, broadband, for those that use it a lot, is a little bit like electricity. When it goes, you realise how much you actually depend on it. So we contacted Vodafone on Bertie's behalf and thankfully within two hours of the contact we made his broadband was back so well done to broadband and good to know that we could help you out uh, Bertie can we help out Katie in North Cork now Katie has a son who has an ADHD and an autism diagnosis and said look he's currently going through a bit of a rough time and one of the items he has requested for Christmas is a PlayStation uh, 5 
And Katie reckons if she can only get her hands on a PlayStation 5, she reckons it just might lift his spirits a little bit and get him through this tough time that he's happening at the moment. The problem is she cannot buy a play a PS5 for love nor money. She's searched shops right across the country and nobody has a PlayStation 5 available. So she's asked us to, to put it out there to see does anybody know where there is a PlayStation 5 available or if somebody has one that they're no longer using that Katie could buy from somebody. So does anybody know PlayStation 5? It's kind of a really, an, it's an urgent case really and I know there are lots of families, there'll be various toys that Santa Claus isn't going to be even able to get uh, this year but because this young lad and the tough time he's going through and the fact that he has, you know, an autism diagnosis and an ADHD diagnosis. He's battling through life anyway, bless his little heart. So if we can help in any way, she just feels it might give him the lift that he needs and get him over this kind of hump that he's going through at the moment. So PlayStation 5, anybody, can anybody point us in the direction so we can pass the information on to Katie in North Cork. 1850 333103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text, you can WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Mandate. They are the trade union that represent about 30,000 workers in the retail sector. Has said it has received a series of worrying reports of abuse towards workers in recent weeks and they're now urging customers to please respect shop staff, especially in the run-up to Christmas. Joining me is Lorraine O'Brien, who is Divisional Organiser with Mandate Trade Union. Good morning to you, Lorraine. Good morning, Patricia. And, and you're welcome. Is a lot of this abuse to do with COVID regulations and things like social distancing and the wearing of masks? Well, I suppose the first thing to say, Tricia, is that uh, Patricia is that the the I, I suppose you know Christmas is always a difficult time for retail workers, and I think the prolonged nature of the of the COVID nineteen pandemic um, and the recent spikes. I mean, they've clearly added to the stress levels um, this year for our members. Um, and from a positive perspective, I, I'd have to say that the vast majority of shoppers um, show, you know, um, a, a great deal of respect for our members by adhering to the guidelines. But as always, there's a small minority that cause difficulties. And I suppose that's why we, we, we're trying to put out that message to the public at the moment. Um, and, you know, you know, we have sort of reports from members of increased levels of impatience and hostility for, you know, a, a minority of those shoppers and verbal abuse and in some instances, the threat of physical abuse and, you know, very much linked to sort of people um, having issues with the, the guidelines um, that they've been asked to adhere to when they shop in the stores. Yeah, and it isn't the shop workers that made up these guidelines and made up these uh, regulations. And I mean, some of the workers have been videotaped, you know, confronting uh, customers and the videos uh, put up, up put up online. So, you know, members of the public have seen some of the abuse that's been afflicted and uh, towards retail workers. They have, and I suppose that's why we're, I suppose we'd like to call on employers as well to, um, you know, intensify their efforts to ensure that the health and safety measures are, are put in place, uh, that they're adhered to, and that they, you know, they show a zero-tolerance approach um, towards that minority of customers who just simply refuse to comply with the regulations. And, you know, uh, we've seen that, as you just mentioned, we've seen instances and examples of that in, in recent days on, um, you know, social media platforms. And it's just, it's just simply not acceptable. 
And are the, when you're talking with your members, are they saying that managers and uh, owners are stepping up to support their workers? You know, as you mentioned, zero tolerance. People should just be asked to leave a shop if they're going to abuse a worker. Yeah, I suppose what we're asking employers to do is, uh, you know, intensify their efforts. Um, I mean, you know, by ensuring maybe that they have people at the... um, uh, at the the interface of the store when people are coming in, that they're asking people to wear their masks, um, that they have a su- sufficient supply of hand sanitizer, um, and that they try and maintain social dis- distancing and crow control, particularly now in the in the in the last few weeks and the run up to Christmas. Yeah, the next few weeks, a couple of weeks that are left are, are going to be particularly uh, busy ones. And and I was glad to see you point out at the, at the start, you know, that the majority of people uh, do respect retail workers and, can I say, have huge, uh, we owe them a huge debt of gratitude because these are the workers who've been at the cold face working right throughout all of the severest of lockdowns. They have, Patricia, and I think, you know, whereas at the at the very beginning of this, um, in the first wave of the pandemic, it was very much um, the um, the health, um, you know, people on the front line of the uh, supporting um, the health sector were the hardest hit. But, you know, all the, the figures will, will show will show that the second and third wave, it was the retail workers um, that suffered most. And um, you can understand then why they're, you know, they're quite nervous now um, at this time of the year with the increase in the numbers and um, the way that the, the, you know, the, the, the pandemic is changing. Uh, you can understand why they're, why they're, you know, I suppose that their levels of stress um, would be heightened um, at this time of the year, you know. Yeah, and a lot of them are in the younger age group. So they're going to be probably one of the last to get the booster shot. Uh, that's it. And I suppose they're all the things that add to the, the, you know, the nervousness that they have and the stress levels that they're experiencing. Um, and they are the hardest hit cohort. Um, and, you know, as I said, the figures have demonstrate that. That is a fact. Um, but and we're just asking people to, you know, the least they deserve, I think, at this stage is a little bit of patience, uh, a bit of understanding from the shopping public and most of all respect. And as you rightly said, the vast majority of customers um, are very much in that space. But, you know, we'd be asking the, the minority uh, to think about that um, when they're, you know, when they're shopping. Yeah. And we're back to the old adage, folks, could you just be kind? And we all know, you know, we can lose our patience. We're in a rush. We're trying to get something done. But just be kind. And it costs absolutely nothing to be kind. That's it. Absolutely, yeah. Patricia. Yeah. OK, listen. And pass, as I say, I've got absolute, utter respect and gratitude for all of the, the retail staff. I think they've they've gone above and beyond and they have and should be recognised, particularly during the lockdown, as frontline workers. They were the ones that kept food on, on our table uh, in in many cases. Uh, so listen, uh, Lorraine, thank you for that and pass, as I say, pass on our best wishes to all of the retail workers that you interact with and, and tell them we certainly respect them for sure. And thank you for joining us on the programme this morning. Thanks, Patricia. Much appreciated. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. That is Lorraine uh, O'Brien, who is divisional organiser with uh, Mandate. Folks, be kind, please, and don't be taking it out on a not just young they can be of all ages but on the retail workers they are not the ones who make up the rules they're not the ones who make up the guidelines and the regulations Uh, they're not the ones who say we all need to wear a mask uh, indoors or that we all need to keep the the two metre social, social distancing 
uh, and they're just there to go to work every day. They certainly don't deserve the type of abuse. And as, as you know, I mentioned to Lorraine, I've witnessed some of it because it has been shared on social media and it was just disgusting, some of it. It, it really was. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. And we just talked about the lotto, and there was a lotto uh, ad. Now, county councillors in Mallow have welcomed the, de- the decision to delist the long derelict former Central Hotel, which is situated on Main Street in Mallow Town. Joining me to discuss what could happen from here is Fianna Fáil councillor Pat Hayes. Good morning to you, Pat. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning, listeners. Now, for those outside of the area, just remind people how long this hotel has been closed and its current condition. Okay, so I suppose, Patricia, I think the premises closed back in 2007. So we're looking at almost 15 years ago. And since then, I suppose, look, it's been an eyesore and, and, and a severe eyesore really on the landscape of, of, of Mallow Town Centre. The building ha- had been the subject of a number of fires uh, over the years, and which rendered the building, I suppose, dangerous. And, and uh, the last fire took place back in, in 2020, which made the structure totally unsafe. And I think Cork County Council, we, we had to erect hoarding, um, I suppose, 20 feet out uh, from the front of the building as they felt, you know, the, the front wall uh, could fall out onto the, onto the main street, which would endanger, you know, the public and, and also motorists, which would be passing. And uh, I suppose this hoarding, it's, it is very obstructive and is restricting the movement of people and traffic in, in, in the town centre. Mm. And it's a, it's a busy, you know, it's, it's a main street and through a town and it's a busy thoroughfare uh, as yeah. well. Why was it a listed building? Well, I suppose the, 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 that, that part of town, the centre of Malatown, is, is of architectural importance. And, um, you know, there is, there is, it is, it is listed as, 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 as of architectural importance. So I suppose that's one of the reasons why it was a listed building. Yeah, when it was in good form, but when it was, yeah, but yeah. Oh my goodness, it's it's now uh, dilapidated, I think is, is the word that, that, that you, you would use. So to finally have it delisted, and I know it was something that you as a councillor and other yeah. councillors have been fighting for. Wh- what does that mean and what can now happen? I suppose the, the, yes, I suppose, look, we were, and I suppose, look, the Chamber of Commerce and all, they, everybody was working extremely hard to, to get it delisted and my fellow councillors, so yeah, it is, it is great news in the, and uh, it now opens the door for the developer, you know, to, um, and, and there are plans currently being drawn up uh, for, you know, a possible, like, a hotel and um, maybe with some residential and, and, and maybe a rooftop restaurant, that type of um, of a building. So it will take into consideration, obviously, the architectural importance of the area, uh, which which is which is very important to everyone. And um, and I think that uh, if we can get it, um, uh, get the building. Obviously, planning now will have to be applied for to demolish the building, and I suppose that will go through the planning process. And once that is achieved, uh, if that's achieved, well, then the um, the developer can proceed with his application uh, to develop the site. And it's and it's a local man, isn't it? It's Pat Shine, it, isn't it? It is. It yeah. is a local man, Pat yeah. Shine, and, and, and um, you know, I I, I I have worked. I have been working with him on this for for a, number, for a long time, and um, it is it is proceeding. And and uh, the current at the moment, the drawings are being 
drawn up as to uh, what what will be appropriate, and and they are going to work with the planners, you know, to see what what will best fit this you know town centre size, which is it will really uh, enhance the town if we can get this up and running. Do you think the town would hugely benefit from another hotel? I think it will. Yeah. I think that um, tourism is going to be a big thing in Mallow. I think that uh, we've, we're investing huge money in the town park, in the new playground, Mallow Castle. We've Donrell Park. We have, um, you know, Ensgrove. And I think tourism is going to be a huge part. And I think, look, we, we only have one hotel at the moment, which is, um, you know, can cater for only so many. Uh, so I think we certainly need another one, if not two hotels in Mallow. Mm. Well, we always, you know, for many years, the two of them were there and, and there was a need a need for both of them. I mean, Anne says, she, is remembering, uh, she said, I had my wedding reception in the Central Hotel back in 1977. They were right. lovely to us. It was a lovely hotel. So sad to see the way it has gone. And lots of people have very fond attachments, I think, yeah. to the old uh, Central Hotel. And I think, I think for the majority of Mallow people, they would love the idea that another hotel would be uh, on that uh, site and the way it is at the moment as well Pat it's unfair on the other businesses in the area isn't it to have this derelict building very close to them It is and that look was one of my you know as I haven't been involved in the for many years it's, it has been something that I've really worked extremely hard on is trying to enhance the business aspect of Mallow and I think one of the key issues has been derelict sites and derelict buildings and I think to get this now delisted it will progress it. And there are other sites in town which we're working on and I'm working with the owners and with the council on to try and progress those as well. OK. And I have to say the town is looking particularly festive. Uh, the lights are gorgeous this year. Oh, it's incredible. The the 100,000 investment by Corkham Council has, has, has really paid off and it really looks extremely well. And um, I suppose, look, we'd like to thank all the businesses and, and people who contributed to the, to the funding of the Christmas lights uh, every year. It's not an easy ask with COVID and um, I know businesses are suffering and uh, it has been a very difficult time for everyone. But but um, I think the, the lights really have made a difference this year and they look extremely well and um, hopefully it will, uh, it will really uh, enhance the, the business uh, for the Christmas period. And I'm loving that tree down at the lower end of town. <laughs> yes, great Yeah, that's great. It is amazing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's great. And is town busy, Pat? Town, town is, is is busy. It's picking up. It is. Yeah, I suppose. Unfortunately, now we had Storm Barra and we had a couple of days, very quiet days. And actually, I mentioned it earlier because a listener had sent in a letter just on that very point, reminding people that when you're out and about, the particularly the smaller in independent uh, stores, and we've often commented on this program, they're the the very those small businesses are the ones when the local GAA club or the local drama group or some school is having an event and they're looking for spot prizes or they're looking for some kind of sponsorship. It's those small little independent shop owners and businesses are the ones that support 
the local people. Yeah, yeah. they are absolutely, yeah, they're wonderful. Um, and it's, it's a constant flow. I know businesses on a daily basis, they would get people calling for, for sponsorship or, you know, as you say, spot prizes. And they're, they're always giving, always giving. And it's great to see. So I, I, they do deserve um, our support yeah. this Christmas. And that money that's spent locally in those shops stays locally as well. It doesn't go off out of the country uh, either. OK, listen, uh, Pat, uh, thank you for that. Have a, have a happy Christmas and uh, brilliant news about yeah. the Central Hotel. So well done. And thanks for joining us. Thanks, Patricia. Many right. happy returns. Thanks a million. Uh, bye bye. That is uh, Councillor. County Councillor Pat uh, Hayes, Fianna Fáil Councillor Pat Hayes from uh, Mallowtown, 1850-333-103. I mentioned earlier about electricity out in Castle Magna and we've been on to the ESB networks who tell us that they've got, a, they're working on it, but there seems to be a lot of damage done in that area. It's going to be tomorrow evening before it's back. As soon as I mentioned that, we have people from Ballyhooley saying, don't forget about us. There's areas of Ballyhooley that are without uh, power. Again, we get on to ESB networks. They are absolutely aware of the situation in Ballyhooley as well. But a be- little bit of better news for the people in Ballyhooley. They hope to have the power restored by about five o'clock this afternoon okay so if you're in the Ballyhooley area you should have your power back by five and as we mentioned from when Storm Barra hit let us not forget those ESB lads who are out uh, sometimes in atrocious conditions Uh, but even today it's a kind of a miserable old bleak kind of a a dull day and it's cold and it can be wet and squally showers and all that and they work through all of those conditions to try to get people to have their power back as quickly as possible so well done and uh, we acknowledge each and every one of them today You're listening to Cork Today on replay Phone and text lines are currently closed we were talking about abuse of retail staff in the last hour with a mandate and some of the abuse is to, is to do with people who don't want to wear masks and then they have a go at the shop worker and they're given out to the shop worker about it. Well, a listener says, sorry now, but I can't wear a mask. But shopkeepers should not ask customers to wear one. First, says this texter, it's discrimination and nobody knows what illnesses other people have. Second of all, I work. I worked in a supermarket Uh, during some of the earlier lockdowns and we never had any trouble with customers. I don't know what the lady from Mandate is on about. Well, uh, maybe you were extremely lucky where you were in the supermarket that you worked in, that you had very respectful uh, customers. But what she was on about, and I think a lot of us have seen the evidence of it, when you get some, particularly people who are anti-mask, I'm not talking about people like your good self, who for a medical reason can't wear one, but anti-mask people, and they deliberately go in to supermarkets they'll deliberately somebody will be videotaping the interaction and then put it up on line afterwards and it can be a ferocious level of abuse that's meted out to retail workers and it's very unfair because as I mentioned when I was speaking with Lorraine from Mandate the people working in the shops they're not the ones who came up with these rules and regulations it's the government come up with it based on advice from uh, Neffet and Paul from Mano says that listened to Lorraine from Mandate 
talking about people adhering to the COVID rules and you touched on the subject of mask wearing. Why wasn't the subject of mask exemption mentioned? Other countries allow mask exemptions and we allow, in fairness, if you go onto the HSC website where they have, where they speak about who should and shouldn't wear a mask and how to wear a mask, they do talk about a cohort of people who for whatever reason due to illness or impairment can't wear a a mask. You know, and they talk about people, uh, for example, with uh, learning difficulties or people hard, hard of hearing or people who might have trouble breathing and there are you know a cohort of people who can't wear masks and I know even in our own household uh, Marsha when we go out and about with her because she's deaf blind she relies on her sense of smell her sense of smell is so important to her it's a sense that she would use a lot more than we would use and bless her little heart she doesn't like wearing masks and we do try to encourage her to wear them certainly if we're ever in a taxi on a short taxi journey we'll get her to wear them and she can't wait to take it off or if we're walking into a restaurant I'll get her to pop one on until we're, until we're sitting down so we do our best to try to leave for her wear a mask now technically yes she's got a learning difficulty she's deaf blind she, you know she would be exempt from, from wearing it but you know I like to try and keep her safe and keep other people safe when we are out and uh, about but now that the because she's quite childlike most people think that she's much younger than she actually is so we never get queried if we were in a shop or whatever but now that the rules have come in for nine and over to wear masks but what I would always do if I'm going to be in somewhere with her where there may be a longer period of time where we're going to be in there and she's not going to be able to tolerate a mask I'll draw, you know, I'll find a manager, I'll find a, an owner and explain because of her disability. She's not able to wear a mask and there's never any problem at all. And I think that's what people need to do. You need to point out if there's a reason why you can't wear a mask. As soon as you enter a premises, go and explain to the person working there that you can't wear one so that you don't end up with any kind of a confrontation as to why are you not uh, wearing a mask and you don't have to go into your medical conditions you can just say I have a medical exemption I don't have to wear a mask but what I constantly say when this comes up on the programme when people say I find it difficult to wear a mask and we know GPs very early on in the pandemic weren't giving out certs to people to say that they were exempt from wearing masks and we even had consultants saying the same thing they were trying to encourage people to wear the masks wear a visor you can put a, I mean, I've seen lots of people when I'm out in supermarkets with visors on who obviously have difficulty wearing uh, masks. So there are other ways around it. Because remember, you're doing it to not just to protect yourself, you're doing it to protect others as well. And for others who are going to be around you, for, they to, for them to feel comfortable uh, in the hope, you know, because if we look at everyone and think that could everyone be shedding the virus. So we're trying to, we're trying to do everything to be mindful of other people and to try and protect other people as well. 1850 And thank you to a gentleman, uh, Ray, we'll just call him Ray, who has contacted us. Remember our... Top of the programme, I mentioned Katie, one of our listeners, who's got a young son who's autism and ADHD, desperately trying to get a PS5, PlayStation 5 for Christmas, having... They're, they're like hen's teeth they're just so difficult to get at the moment and I know there's more stock due to arrive but I think the problem is a lot of the stock the record's not going to arrive until the new year and if people are looking for a PlayStation 5 for Christmas and this young lad is just going through a tough time at, at the moment well Ray has been on to us to say he has a brand new PS5 in a sealed box purchased on Amazon it is the disc edition uh, ad- he's given us all of his details he's totally above board because he wanted to make sure that we didn't think it was some kind 
kind of a scam. He's willing to sell it on to uh, Katie and obviously these PlayStation 5s, particularly the disc edition, they don't come cheap. So we're putting Ray and Katie in contact with each other. But thank you to Ray for contacting us and hopefully that will all work out and they'll be able to meet up, do the deal and the... uh, PlayStation 5 will be handed over and in Katie's household there will be one young lad who will certainly have a terrific Christmas this year. Thank you for that. Ray and Katie keep in contact with us please. 1850 I mentioned the lotto in the last hour on the programme and how we know next Wednesday the lotto chiefs and the regulator of the National Lottery are being called in and are going to face a bit of a grilling from TDs and Senators on the Oireachtas Finance Committee and this is all over the fact that there hasn't been a jackpot win since the 6th of June. It's been capped at 19 million euro. There's been 52 draws since that last jackpot win. And some people are querying what's going on here. Why is there not a winner? Some of your thoughts on this. What a waste of time. Now, what a waste of time is the Oireachtas Finance Committee, says this texture. Sure, some GAA draws are not won for well over uh, a year. And they in the GAA lotto draws will only have 32 balls. At the end of the day, says this texter, it is a lotto. It is a game of uh, chance. I've had prize bonds since 1972. I wonder why I haven't won anything. Can I question them as to how the draw is done? When you, when you take part in anything like that, it is a game of chance. So somebody's saying it's just the way it's happening. There will eventually be a winner. Somebody says you win much more if you place your money in the bookies. This person says that they feels that the lotto should be scrapped. Hi Patricia, the odds of winning the Irish lottery is... One in 10.7 million. The odds have been struck by lightning is one in 300,000. That's from uh, Seamus. So do the maths, basically. You have a very slim chance. The the, the chance of winning the lotto in Ireland, one in 10.7 million. Isn't that just incredible? Somebody else is hazarding a guess. This is a bit of a conspiracy theorist. Wait and see, says this texter. There'll be a lotto win on Christmas week. Ooh, let's wait and see what happens there. And we've been tying in the lotto wins with the prize bonds. Somebody says, uh, Patricia, I have won. Uh, I have won on the prize bonds. I had one prize bond. I only purchased it at six months, and I won. 250 euro and then I have won two other 250 euros on prize bonds that I've had for a good few years so you're obviously a lucky person Anne thank you for that and there was somebody else on about the lotto draw saying Patricia yeah it's always Tuesday's post if you have a win on the prize bond, because I think they post them out on the Monday, isn't it? And on post are great for the next day uh, delivery. And this listener, who obviously is well up on prize bonds and how the draws work, says there's a top prize in the December draw of a quarter of a million euro. And that's on the sev- Friday the 17th. The draw will be held. They'll post out the winning, the winners. The post goes out then on the Monday. So on the Tuesday of Christmas week, somebody will be getting an envelope in the post. They'll be opening it up to discover they have won a quarter of a million euro. And that's a kind of a nice sum of money to win in the run up to Christmas. So good luck to everyone who has prize bonds. Keep a lookout for your post on the Tuesday of Christmas week and you could be winning. That's not the only prize. There'll be other prizes as well. Thank you uh, for that. On the all for one uh, vouchers. Oh, 
This is when I, when we got onto one post about the one for all uh, vouchers and they told us that, when I go back to the answer, about the two euro handling charge for your one for all vouchers. There's a two euro on the first voucher and then it's 50 cent for every voucher thereafter. But it's free if it is over a thousand euro in value. Well, somebody has pointed out you can't buy a all-for-one voucher over €250 in the post office. The reason I know is I wanted to buy one for €500 and I was told I couldn't. You'd have to buy two separate ones. So if you're buying two separate ones, you would have got charged €2 on the first and €0.50 on the second. So you would have paid the handling fee of €2.50. But I assume if you were buying to 500 euro you are buying a thousand euro then it would be free maybe that's the way it's done but they they can't be any higher than 250 euro i didn't know that and of course the minute we mentioned an offer one voucher somebody said it's an absolute disgrace that they take one euro 45 cent off all the cards after 12 months particularly over the last 18 months it's a particularly mean spirited thing to do says this texter because many of the shops where you can spend these vouchers were closed so you weren't able to uh, spend them and the all for one vouchers which they're a subsidiary of on post and they? they are they are subsidiary on post they do charge one euro 45 cent every month if the person's gift card is not used uh, within a year so I think for the first year you're okay and then if you don't use it it comes down by €1.45 every month. And we had somebody only the other day when we mentioned them again, when we were doing the the vouchers, we we did it with the citizens' information and somebody was saying they had €20 on a card and when they went to spend it, it was all gone because the €1.45 had got eaten in every single month and when they thought they had €20 left, all of the money was taken away. So that's it's and it's timely that we mention it now for people who are buying any of those vouchers. It's the reason when I spoke about vouchers in the last hour, I did say if you get one of those vouchers, the best thing that you can do is to spend them as quickly as possible so that that doesn't happen and that you don't forget Get about it and it's left in a drawer and then when you go to use it you discover that there's nothing left on it so spend them I think as quick as you have them back to Lotto this time it's on scratch cards John and Ballon Hassock says I find if you win two euro that's as much as you're going to win on a scratch card but on the Lotto itself no never came across this before but John says double check your tickets because he says there was an occasion where he checked a ticket in a store you know the way you can check it you scan it to see if there's a winner on it and it said there was no win. Now for some reason, and I don't know why, John hung on to the lotto ticket and he checked it again and there was €30 Euro on it. So he says double check all of your tickets. And by the way, he said he did get on to National Lottery about it. Okay. And I, I don't know if he was talking to John Paul. I don't know what did Nat- National Lottery say but he says double check uh, your uh, tickets. The Skibbering Conference of the Society of Vincent Paul have been on to say that they have an appeal taking place tomorrow Friday 10th of December and Saturday the 11th. Members will be in the SVP room in Market Street in Skibbereen and they'll be there from 10am in the morning until 2 in the afternoon on both Friday and uh, Saturday and they are accepting donations and unfortunately this year because of Covid restrictions they cannot accept food or toys so they're looking for cash donations to help out the good people of Skibbereen. So if you're in Skibbereen and if you have a few extra bob 
there's no better charity that you can give to at Christmas than your local Society of St Vincent de Paul. So 10am to 2pm this Friday and Saturday, SVP room in Market Street in Skib. If you want to donate and then the local conference of the Society of St Vincent de Paul will pass it around to needy people and they do it so discreetly and so quietly. They do it in the Skibbereen area. Good luck to all of the branches, by the way, for the Society of St Vincent de Paul. This is certainly some of probably their busiest time of the year. 1850-333-103, lines open. C103 Jobs. Experienced and reliable bar person is wanted to work in the Canturk area. Call 087-2252-443. The Wild Time Restaurant. They're recruiting full and part-time kitchen and waiting staff. You need to email Emma and Emma's address is thewildtime at outlook.ie. Baker Finn Recruitment are looking for operators and CNC machinists. That's for work in Middleton. The email address is d.delaney at bakerfin.com. And JMC Parts, they've got vacancies for a senior territory sales manager, a junior sales customer research and a contract warehouse staff CV and cover letter, please, to Barry Galvin at bgalvin at imcparts.com Court today on C103 With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance cmig.ie Some of our listeners are on about the boil water notice that has been in place this uh, week for the Newmarket area uh, and what's happening with it Well we've been on to Irish Water and they tell us that the boil water notice remains in place for those in the Newmarket regional water supply when that issue gets uh, sorted out we will let you know but for now if you get if you are getting your water from the new market regional water supply continue please to boil it before use. Now yesterday morning we had so many calls and texts from frustrated motorists who were stuck in a backlog of traffic heading into Fomoy Town due to the closure of a section of the M8 motorway because of an overturned truck on the Cork to Dublin motorway which happened during Storm Barra. Many listeners felt that during storms or at least if there's a red alert weather warning their motorways should simply close. And former Cork East TD Ned O'Keefe agrees and he's contacted the programme and he joins me this morning. Good morning to you, to you Ned. Good morning Patricia. Ned, if that motorway, as soon as the red alert got mentioned for Tuesday, if that motorway had closed, we wouldn't have ended up in the situation that people found themselves in, well, well, in I, yesterday. Yes, I have to agree with you. But I, think, I think bridges, there are three, I understand, having read the paper, three bridges in bypass and no motorway across the country, highly dangerous. One is for my the other one is in Wexford and another one in County Louth. And uh, they should be warnings are told and uh, they're very high over ground and they cause ma- have caused massive troubles. Now, I do all bypass are not safe because they're very high. But look, they, they, for my one situation, I got caught yesterday morning for about two hours approximately. I entered the road at Lacamara Bypass Interchange and then I finished up in the middle of the road somewhere. And then the interchange at Moor Park. The, the distance in the... Now, we have a fantastic infrastructure in the country and fantastic roads. Let's, let's, be, let's be fair about it. And something goes wrong, then we get denied. But the point here is there should be an exit. There should be some that people can be released from the road when they're stuck and turn back and go the other direction. Now, the Gardaí gave a great first service there yesterday and the, the police did all day long while I was there and so did the road authority. But at the end of the day, they, they don't build the road and 
the roads are all they're like tanks now they're so t- tightly protected you see these barriers these new barriers between the two the four, the four lanes that then go left and then <coughs> the go right and that, that there's going to be some mechanism there that would allow cars to release now you can have people with horses trucks with horses going to different horses are very troublesome animals and can be very cross you can have sick people you have people going to hospital so there's no release for them they are caught in, in the one line as I was myself now I wasn't in any hurry but the point I'm making is there were other people I could see were quite annoyed and frustrated and it might be hospital people mm. so Oh yeah there was there was people that missed uh, m- uh, appointments and what's frustrating as well Ned is we always seem to discuss these uh, delays either during as we did yesterday or as we're doing today after they happen do they, I mean do the powers that be do they need to start putting plans in place to stop events, you do it now while there isn't an issue, yes, to stop it happening uh, well, in the future. No, it, it, this is not confined, oh, let me tell you, because I travel to Dublin for, for two times a month, and uh, I've, as often, big car, bad car accidents on the way, up or down, and the whole thing closed, seizes again and closes down, the same thing happens. I did one day between Hudson Jockey and Olinkford Bypass, and uh, I, I said I said all the emergency services had to come down the road and go back around, and come down from the Olinkford side, wherever they came from, and up around by Hudson Jockey. I mean, they, they, they have to, some mechanism put in place, or some some development has to take place, or something has to be done that they can people can cross in and out of where the barriers are. If you if you understand mm, it, yeah, the roads, the roads are like are actually like tanks. Yeah, and I, listen, and we never take away an accident can happen, and, and yeah, well, you know, I, God, I've God, seen God seen for, we've it, seen it, we've seen people I mean, killed. Only four lanes, two lanes up and two lanes down. Yeah, in that road, they have been, uh, have expanded that from from Newbridge practically into Dublin with three and four lanes, which has made an awful improvement in that area as well. So I mean, I can't expect them, and the money is not there at the time to put a third lane in each side. That would leave everything. Now there is there is a, there's another lane, of course, which they on the side, but you're not supposed to go near that lane. But uh, when you're stuck inside in that, there's no have to go any up the field. And they, when the roads do close, be it for an accident or be it what happened yesterday, they seem to be closed for a very excessive period of time. I mean, is there any way that one lane well, could have remained open well, yesterday? Well, safety comes into all this now, we're told, and when an accident occurs, they clean, the, clean out the road totally and wash the road off if it's necessary. So, I mean, that, there's a lot, a lot longer uh, time uh, you, you used up in cleaning off an accident and there isn't real accident. There's a whole lot of things being done cleaning off the debris, cleaning off the road, getting everything right, which of course is, is the right thing to do. But I mean, the, that's fine. But the majority of people on the road who are stuck in the traffic and some of those car accidents can go on for three and four hours, by the way. I, I've seen I've seen one on the road, that one I mentioned, and uh, uh, was quite quite serious accident and um, for two caravans. And... Uh, that went on. So, I mean, I, this is not news that the star of the star was winning show and the mm. bridges. That's it. But, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's easy for me to sit in a chair here and talk to you and, and you talk to me. But, I mean, the people in, in power have certain responsibility as well and they have to look at all issues. And I suppose it's right in saying that there should be, a, that there definitely should be an, an exit between the the bypass, between the interchange at, at Lakamara and the interchange at Moor Park, where people could win out. Okay, and, yeah. I, I, and somebody, a lot it, of people it, are making it the... A, it shouldn't be a free-for-all. Yeah, a lot of people are making the same point, Trish. Very simple solution to the chaos in Fomoy yesterday. Close the section of the motorway beforehand. After all, prevention is better than cure. It's just common sense, which seems to be gone out the window here. Who would make that decision to close a motorway in advance of well, a storm? Well, the decision is for the minister, who was Eamon... Eamon Ryan. Eamon it, Ryan. It wouldn't be the NTA. It wouldn't well, be... The, but he's, he can, he, he's, the minister is uh, the minister. The 
government of the day regulates the country and they, they make the decisions and they instruct the different the different uh, organisations, the semi-state organisations to carry out their work and give them the budgets and the money. So they can tell well, them what who, to who do. Who played a leading role in yesterday uh, and I had to admire them was the Gabi. They policed efficiently and, and well on radio and everything in trying to inform and help the people. Yeah, but somebody's making, Mick is making the point that every day from four o'clock from Oi Town is gridlocked. The lights, uh, particularly the lights going over the bridge, they're a disaster. And there's never a guard to be seen all day, Mick said. Well, we've only 10,000 guards in the country, so we can't have guards every crossroads. I, I, have to, I mean, I, I'm out of politics now here to the a system, but I, I, I'd like to be fair and honest. Yeah. But, uh, the point I want to make is that for me, it's a business town, it's a busy town, and it's a good, it's a prosperous town. So if a town has a traffic jam, it's a busy town. Yeah, but it's a lot better with the motorway than it was, than what it oh, used yeah, to be. Than what it used to be. The other criticism yesterday, Ned, was the crane. Why did the crane take so long to come to Fomoy to remove that overturned truck? I, I don't understand that, but maybe cranes from the available. I mean, the, I mean t- uh, cranes are, are a scarce commodity. And it probably it probably was necessary to get a probably very special type of crane. Yeah, but that's all a, that was a major route. That's a major route. You think it would have been prioritized? They knew from the day before that they yeah, needed but the a crane. Making the, it might be a special type crane to lift. I understand that it was quite a serious accident. I haven't seen it, but I, I understand that there was life. There could be life lost here, and as well as that. We were very lucky that there wasn't a car with cars in the way. Yeah, oh, oh listen, absolutely. And that the seeming the driver was fine as well. Direction, we may be worse, I'm told. Yeah. No, but all I'm saying to you is that, look, we have a fantastic road structure. It needs a bit of tweaking to put it right and make it safe and make it more accessible to people and make it more efficient. Yeah. Okay. And that, this can be done. And, and, and we need to do it now. We need to do it now rather than be talking about it after well, I, there was I an issue like yesterday. I across the country. I know yeah. the bridges actually. Um, for my the one to, one to Waslayer and the one going to Drogheda and if there's uh, any kind of a high wind they're lethal well, they, they're lethal anyway yeah. yes and some of, some of the bypasses are lethal as well by the way I think there's a pretty bad stretch of road from somewhere around Newbridge what with speed yeah, well no wind wind wind, wind. okay yeah. alright so listen how's life with you are you missing politics no I don't miss it at all but Do um, I, I, there's a lot, lot of work I left undone are you watching? Uh, I mean, I take it while you might, you might, you mightn't be missing it. Are you keeping a close eye on the government and and how the government are doing and how your former party Fianna Fáil are doing? Oh, I I'm really disappointed with Fianna Fáil are doing. Awful. It's very sad. And uh, I think uh, the government, the country is not being governed as I see it, and there's no leadership. The thing is in a bad shape. That's my state here. And uh, we have a green agenda, and the green the green party runs Dublin. Uh, forget about rural Ireland. Rural Ireland is very important to the economy. And uh, I mean, they're uh, they're in every mischief as I see it about different things. And we were educated to all this over the last five or six years to develop and expand. And now we're told we must cut back and we must adjust. Why would we, this agenda was around four or five years ago on the green area? And so, uh, are you saying that Fianna Fáil shouldn't have gone into power with Fine Gael and the Greens? Oh, I would. Well, look, uh, I'm out of it now. All I'm saying to you is, Fianna Fáil has lost its way, and the, you can see in the polls where we are. We were the leading party in the country. We, I was 14 years ago in Bertie Heron, and we, we led this country. We built all the bypasses that we're trying to tweak. I'm talking about tweaking now. And we'd give a leadership this country has ever seen in history. And that comes back from the, the time of De Valera. So we were straight from our membership. The Fidefall membership card says Irish language, many powers in the land of Ireland, and the right to the ownership of Northern Ireland. And we've, we've disowned all that. And would you worry about them if there was a general election called in the morning? Would you worry about... It's quite serious. It's very... You don't, 
look, you're a practical uh, journalist and you, you always work with common sense and I've, re- I've discussed several things with several times over the years. But look at the, look at the polls. Look at the polls. Look yeah, but, but, but I, th- I think back to when they went into power. I, I mean, there, there wasn't a lot of choice with the way that last election went. Should they have gone back to the people again? Would that have been the well, answer? That's number one, but I think Fianna Fáil should stay out. Honestly, I, I would actually say on this programme that Fianna Fáil and Beth Rath joined with Sinn Féin. Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin yes, in power. Yes, yes, I would have supported that. That would have been my support. And, uh, because the whole thing is, is in disarray now. It's actually in disarray. Let's be straight about it. And if you're going by the opinion polls, the Sinn Féin party are doing yes, extremely it's well. Giving, it's giving good leadership. I, I mean, you have to play as the bridges you cross it. You there's no point in talking the day after with something. Uh, she's a very competent person. And could you see her in power with Fianna Fáil in the future? If the Fianna, if Fianna Fáil are there. Okay. It's very bad. It's very poor on the ground. I, I'm in the ground. Like, I mean, I was on that road yesterday and people were going to cast talking to me. So people are still approaching you with people, their views? Yes, they are. And they saying, what can, think I can do something. I can do anything. I get loads of queries yet and all that people. But I have never seen Fianna Fáil I can't believe what Fianna Fáil is telling the truth. I don't believe what I was hearing and seeing in the ground. Would you go out and canvas for them if there was yes, a... Yes, I would. Would but, you? Uh, okay. It's going to be an battle. Okay, okay. All right, listen, and you're keeping well. And you're keeping well, you are. Very well. Very good, well, very good. Well. Okay, good health, Jeanette. Uh, thanks for that. And uh, thanks uh, for joining us. That is uh, former Cork East Adult uh, Deputy Ned O'Keefe, who just happened to have got very much caught up in that uh, traffic gridlock that happened yesterday, along with many, many hundreds of others who were really, really frustrated yesterday. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. And we're going to for more Garda Station where we're joined by Sergeant uh, John Kelly for this week's uh, Garda File. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, and, Patricia. And, thank you for having me. And listen, thank you yesterday for, for joining us when we were talking about the traffic situation which we've just been uh, discussing again today as to how to possibly avoid it going into the future but um, everything okay today traffic flowing freely everything is back to normal Patricia and I suppose one essential thing is for people undergoing long journey you know and stations such as C103 and uh, national stations you know it's essential for people to listen into the traffic reports um, so that they if they anticipate that there's going to be a blockage that they can uh, come off the motorway you know, well in advance of that blockage. Yeah, and, avoid uh, it, avoid it. And, and, and avoid it, you know, yeah. because it is frustrating to be caught up there maybe for two hours uh, in, a, in a blockage. But unfortunately, if the motorway got blocked in both directions as it did, well, we have no option than to go back to Plan B, which is the old road. Yeah, And, yeah. Uh, you, you know, simple mathematics, two into one won't go. Yeah. Um, you know, it is easy. You're gone from two lanes of traffic in each direction into one lane of traffic, you know. And I and think as well, because we were all, you know, people were told to stay indoors the day before, there was, I think there was additional traffic on the road yesterday then. People who were, maybe had an appointment on Tuesday, they got cancelled until Wednesday. And that just added right. to the problems. Correct. And as well, it was the traditional shopping day. Now, obviously, you know, the 8th of December was always a big day anyway. You know, maybe not so much in recent years, but I suppose that would have possibly... Would add it to it. Didn't think of that. Forgot well. it was the 8th. Yeah, forgot it was the 8th. OK, let's go into this week's uh, Garda File and we start with a burglary. 
Yeah, we start there at uh, Cork Road Mallow uh, early morning, Sunday the 5th last. Bogey record there between sometime after 12 midnight between that and 7.30 in the morning. You know, the entry was through a back window and there was some damage done in the house, you know, where a locked door was uh, kicked in and there was some uh, electrical items taken, iPad, uh, iPhone and, and a charger. And we would ask anybody that saw any suspicious activity in the area of Cock Road, Mallow, in the early hours there of Sunday the 5th last, you know, if they could give the Gardaí at Mallow ring at 022-21105, we'd be very appreciative uh, of any help that could be given by the public in that case, and uh, in in any case, you know. Okay. Um, uh, and you theft have of oil. Te- yeah, theft of oil. I mean, and oil is an an expensive commodity at the moment. Yeah, and, and obviously, as we kind of anticipated there, I said there, I suppose, going back a month ago, that I could see it happening with the substantial increases in, in oil, petrol and home heat and oil that was happening. Um, one case there in, in uh, back in Fremont is where a person thought they had a, a problem with their boiler. Uh, they were after getting their tank filled on the 2nd of December. Uh, they called in the, uh, the plumber to check the boiler. No problem with the boiler, but there was with the tank. The tank was now empty, you know. So um, a considerable amount of uh, tank had completely been cleaned out. So we move on a few days. Uh, no idea that, obviously, that theft occurred between the 2nd and probably around the 7th of, of December. But in, in a case there in Bantir, uh, and that's that's only at on Tuesday last, at uh, 20 to 10 at night and in the farmyard uh, the farmer involved and his son they saw car lights in the, in the yard they came out into the yard there was one male standing there a large diesel tank that they had small blue car two other people in it they believed it was a fort uh, when they were challenged they ran and the car went off in the direction um, <clears throat> the car went off there in the direction of Middle Street so um, it, it's, it's likely that this car was uh, probably looking for, uh, you know, had targeted other locations as well, you know. Okay, so you need to be careful. Try to put a lock on your oil tank. Uh, abs- absolutely. And, you know, and maybe not to fill it to, not to f- fill it to the very top. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, you know, not to fill it to the very Get top. Get a half, and just, half fill, yeah. If necessary, when you have it empty during the summer, if it's in a location that can be targeted easy, consider moving it. You, you know, to a, a location which is more difficult to, uh, okay. uh, you know, a lock is one thing, but maybe to fit a cage over it, because the, we have seen some of the plastic tank can, can be drilled as well, you know, or even to recycle within, within a lockable shed, you know. Yeah, and it's just as we say, it's an expensive uh, commodity. Now, instances of fraud still ongoing. Instances of fraud ongoing, I mean, we see it. Uh, increasing, you know, the whole time. And uh, I suppose at this stage, it's, you know, there seems to be more money being lost through fraud uh, on the internet and everything than possibly than has been stolen physically. Now, no doubt the banks, to be honest, I suppose early intervention by the banks when they see uh, activity on accounts that appears to be f- fraudulent, uh, they've managed to block the money uh, within the financial system, you, you know, from transferring into a fraudulent account. But just to give you an idea, um, there's a website called uh, Depop, D-E-P-O-P, I think it's like done deal. In one instance there, there was a person, <clears throat> they had some items for sale on it. Um, uh, they were contacted by a person who uh, wished to buy the item and they told them that they needed the, the, their own PayPal security code to transfer money into uh, into their into their account. 
the security code was unfortunately was provided and uh, money was taken actually out of the PayPal account rather than being in it. But if you equate that, you know, if you're standing near an ATM, you know, and uh, somebody asks you for your card, you know, you don't provide your card and your security code, you, you know, to access the ATM to a complete stranger. So I'd say to people, be very, very aware, uh, aware of instances like that. Uh, we've had another one there. Um, I, this is a different one again, where a caller reported that they received a WhatsApp message um, from a person who they believed to be their, their daughter that said the reason that they were on a different phone was that her own phone had been stolen and the caller was then asked by the person whom they believed to be their daughter to transfer money into an account so bills could be paid. The money was transferred into a Spanish bank account which wasn't owned by their daughter, you know. Um, so obviously They, can, the they change the stories, don't they, almost on, on, on I, I'd say a daily, even an hourly basis. They come up with different scams every single time. Yes, this is like the phone call years ago of a, uh, or our text messages years ago as well, that, uh, you know, about a person being kidnapped abroad and that they needed to send money, you know. So, again, it's, they're all variations. Um, we've seen other ones now, um, two instances there where there was a call from an unknown caller and the person was deceived into downloading software onto their computer. Um, there was 1,700 withdrawn from their account and this was put into a Revolut account. Um, we saw another one there where a person was contacted by Amazon Prime, uh, allegedly contacted by Amazon Prime. I had a, a call the same as that myself. Yes, yeah, so did um, I. This so put, did I. Yeah, in this particular case, the, the, the person unfortunately downloaded app, uh, downloaded an app uh, that was provided by the caller. Uh, now, fortunately, the bank contacted them straight away. They saw the fraudulent activity and they managed to, to block it on the account. Now, I would also say the text messages that are coming in that appear to be coming in from a bank link, uh, for, for, from a bank uh, text account, you know, that if you get a fraudulent message in on that account, right, the very fact of of clicking on the message, click on the link, could is enough for the fraudster at the other end to access your account. Yeah, that's why problem. we say to people, if you get a text message like that, because it could be the bank generally trying to contact you, ring them on a number that you know is a number for the bank and get Correct. and get Previously and get through that one. To you. Yeah, Previously okay. Known to you. All right, John. Listen, we leave it there. Thank you for that thank and you, uh, stay thank safe. You very much. And uh, thanks for joining us. That is uh, Sergeant John Kelly, based from Moygar, the station. We've got to take a break. We've news at twelve midday on the way. Court today on C one hundred three with John Cusack Insurances can sale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. Cmig.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Patrick in Kildallery has been on to us to say he has found a brand new dining room chair on the side of the road. He said it was on the Mallow to Mitchellstown Road just outside of the village of Kildallery where Patrick lives. He feels it must have fallen off a car trailer and he said it's brand new it's a dining room chair so I'm assuming somebody has it has purchased maybe a table and six dining room chairs and when they got home one of them's missing could be could it be from a company delivering it as well anyway if that rings a bell are you here of somebody who was on the Mallow to Mitchellstown road and somebody's complaining that they've somehow lost a dining room chair we have Patrick's contact details and he's very kindly said he will look after the chair 
until we can get it back to the rightful owner and I take it somebody getting ready for Christmas dinner with brand new dining room chairs if that's yours let us know and we'll pass on Patrick's number thank you Patrick for your call to 1850 333103 and Margaret has emailed Patricia at c103.ie wanting to say a particular thank you to somebody who helped her out it is an optician is it just Mr Crowley is the only name we have of Crowley's uh, pharmacy and opticians Margaret says I drove around Cork City during the height of the bad storm on Tuesday in the middle of Storm Barra I was searching for an optician but unfortunately all of them were closed due to the weather conditions in the end I saw Crowley's opticians who had their Christmas tree light on up at the back I knocked and a girl let me in and she referred me to the optician who very kindly removed my contact lens which had been stuck in my eye at that stage for two days and which I was unable to get out. A wonderful man and a very lively lady receptionist. Happy Christmas. So it's Crowley's Opticians somewhere in this city. Unsure where exactly in the city, but well done to Mr Crowley and to the lively lady receptionist who helped Margaret out. And I am a contact lens wearer. I can hand on heart say that's never happened that a contact lens has got stuck in my eye for two days. But I know on the odd time that it's happened that the contact lens moves and you're trying to get it out and it is darn painful I can tell you that so well done to Crowley's opticians for helping out Margaret and talking of helping out I have Shawnee has contacted me on behalf of the Widdy Island Development Association to say they have a draw set up that runs every two weeks and the name of the draw is Split the Pot and it does exactly what it says on the tin they give half the money away and then they uh, keep half of it as part of their fundraising for the Widdy Island Development Association Next Sunday is their Christmas draw for this year and they have a guaranteed prize of €1,000 and as of this week They've taken their sales online through the Revolut app, which is easy to use once you're set up and you have a Revolut account. The Witty Island Development Association, their phone number also is 86 and they're asking people to leave your name and number with your entry. You can get more information on the draw and about how you can uh, enter through Revolut by looking up the Widdy Island Development Association on Facebook. The draw is used to fund the new community centre as well as numerous other projects that they've ongoing on the island and we like to do our bit to help out the good people on the island because they don't have a huge population base so when they decide to do fundraising they really need the diaspora to come in and help them out but other people as well uh, those of us who enjoy the gorgeous islands we might get to, uh, onto the islands during the winter months but certainly during the summer months those islands are wonderful and they're a real blessing to us here in Cork so the best of luck to everybody the Widdy Island Development Association as I say check out their Facebook page but we're encouraging people please to take part in their draw particularly this one because we're in with a chance of winning €1,000 next uh, Sunday it's a guaranteed uh, jackpot. Now some of your calls are coming in. People still reacting to my chat with Ned O'Keefe in the last hour and what happened yesterday with the backlog of uh, traffic and in particular the criticism that some people had that why the crane took so long. This high-sided vehicle overturned at some stage on Tuesday afternoon and the motorway then had to be closed but it was closed up to about this time, even though was it this time yesterday it was still closed and people were 
critical of why the crane wasn't down very early yesterday morning so that the motorway could have reopened because when it was closed on the Tuesday during the storm didn't cause as much problems because there wasn't as many people out and about on the roads but it certainly caused a lot of problems uh, yesterday. Tom in Carrick Tuhill, a man in the know I take it, says that when the wind speed gets to a certain level, cranes simply have to be taken down. They wouldn't be able to be erected because of the high wind. So he says that could be one of the reasons why there was a delay with the crane yesterday. But yeah, I could understand that during the actual storm itself. That's why they didn't even look for a crane during the storm itself. But yesterday, I don't think it was a wind issue. It was actually physically getting the crane to come to Formoy. There seemed to have been a, a delay. And Mervyn said there were crane hire companies local. Why couldn't they have used one of those? It was an Arctic they were trying to lift. So there wasn't any need for a special crane. Mervyn also says as a um, Ireland is a member of the EU would you see a motorway closed in Germany or in France for that long? No you would not. When we close motorways in this country they seem to be closed for an excessively long period of time and I have to say a number of people made that very same point they just couldn't work out how long it was closed for. And there was a couple of people enjoyed listening to Ned O'Keefe on the programme. Michael in Castletown Bears. It was good to hear Ned on the programme. He brings out the best and you says uh, Michael and uh, John says listening to Ned O'Keefe and his thoughts about the Fianna Fáil party in uh, government he was so right says John I feel the Fianna Fáil party is in shambles this government is all about the green agenda which is going to crucify rural Ireland Fianna Fáil as Ned rightly points out are very low in the opinion polls and will they even be there after the next election that's in from uh, John Tim in Liam Lara when Ned was talking about those like the motorways a great inf- infrastructure but it's when things go wrong and things can really go wrong on it uh, Tim says he was travelling on from Watergrass Hill to Rathcormack now that's not a motorway but he said there was three cars in front of him and he said this lorry came up behind Tim he said it had a full load in the trailer and it passed out Tim and the three cars uh, ahead of him and he said he must have been driving at at least 80 kilometres per hour speed is a big issue at the moment says uh, Tim 1850 or oh, somebody was picked was talking about when I mentioned remember I did that shout out for the Vincent, the conference of St Vincent de Paul and Skibbereen who are looking for donations on this Friday and Saturday so they can help out people in the area Fidelman McCroom was listening to me talking about the details of the St Vincent de Paul and McCroom and she said it's just so sad to hear those appeals from Skibbereen VDP and indeed VDPs all over the country when you see people in this country who are on massive wages and then others who basically have nothing and they need to ask for help just to get them over the Christmas. Uh, Fidema said it's just shocking that this is happening in 2021. What kind of a country are we living in that we have the have and the have nots, the people who have so much? And, you know, you'll hear reports of the amount of money that people have saved during the pandemic because not everybody lost out financially during the pandemic. But unfortunately there was a lot of people that did and this is going to be a tough Christmas for people who have never ever looked for help in the past before and they're the ones who I'm always encouraging to contact the Society of uh, St Vincent de Paul because they'll offer you help with absolutely no judgement at all and as I say to people who get uh, embarrassed about it or you'll hear people say oh no there's got to be people worse off uh, than me 
if you if you have a need, then please contact your local uh, VDP because what can happen is you may be down in your luck this year through no fault of your own because of the pandemic, but that will turn around. And please God, next year you'll be back on your feet and you'll be financially in a better position and that's when you can pay back and you can give back to the Vincent de Paul so that they can help people who find themselves in the situation you're in now. So please never feel embarrassed or never let pride stop you going forward. Vincent de Paul will always tell you over the years whenever we talk with them, it's not their money that they're giving away. They're giving away, they're handing out money to help out. It's like Cork people helping out other Cork people and that's really what it's all about. 1850 333103. Now on booster jabs and there's been so much about booster jabs and and I suppose a lot of people got very annoyed by Micheál Martin speaking in the doll and saying people are not turning up for their booster jabs and we've had some commentary in on that. Donna was on to say I got a text from the HSE saying that I didn't show up for my booster jab but says Donna I never received the original text in the first place to tell me that I needed to go. It's an absolute joke. And then they're putting the blame on the people for the no-shows and Micheál Martin standing up in the doll saying people are not turning up. The HSC don't know what they are doing. And if you ask me, nobody is communicating with the government when the Taoiseach comes out and makes a statement uh, like that. And Anya was also on by email to say she very much resented the Taoiseach's comments about the no-shows for the booster because in her case, Anya said she got an appointment for a booster, which she then tried to cancel. But she said the HSC system wouldn't allow her to do it. The reason she was cancelling her booster jab, jab was she had already received her booster jab at her local pharmacy. Then a few days later, lo and behold, ping, got a text from the HSE telling her that they had an appointment for her for her booster jab. She followed the instructions to cancel, but when she heard nothing, she then tried filling in a contact form on the HSE website. She also tried to call the number for COVID inquiries, but she ended up giving up. So she said she was really angered then when she heard the Taoiseach Michal Martin because she was fearful that she was being implicated in that of the no-shows. She wasn't a no-show. She did her very, very best to cancel her appointment and God knows we We've heard you're not on your own on that one, Anya. We've had other people saying as well that huge problems trying to cancel an appointment. And I know they, they've they come out today that and the HSE have admitted that people are getting multiple booster vaccination appointments and they have accepted that there is a glitch between the HSE's vaccination database and the IT systems, which is used by the pharmacies and the GPs. And I've been saying that possibly for the last three weeks since we started talking about pharmacies and GPs offering boosters because we were hearing from people who got their booster either at their local chemist or at their GP and then suddenly they were getting these texts in from the HSE and doing everything they could that they could to cancel it but they couldn't get through to say I've already had my booster take me off the list give it to somebody else and people were afraid that that's what was going to happen they were seen as a no-show so the HSE has confirmed that people are being issued with HSE booster appointments after they got their booster vaccination uh, locally and they say that there's a gap between the computer systems and the database basis. Now the Irish Pharmacy Union and the Irish College of General Practitioners they say the gap is caused that there's a time lag 
And they're saying that that time lag can be as long as two days between the information technology and the HSE. The HSE said that the GPs and the pharmacies, they operate on a different IT system. And then there's a gap of notification of who's after getting a vaccination. And then that's leading to these multiple appointments. And the HSE also said that because the GPs, the pharmacies and the vaccination centres are rolling out the vaccines, people, they say, will occasionally get appointments from multiple sources after they've already been uh, vaccinated and they say that they are now dealing with the issue because obviously the pharmacies and the GPs were on to them talking about it so they are dealing with it and they're about to roll out a new uh, system. I actually think there's there's news actually breaking this morning that they're going to have a new system. It should be in real time when the the GP or the pharmacist gives somebody a vaccine and they type it into the computer. It should in real time be going through to the HSE's vaccination centre so they know that Joe Bloggs got his vaccine in the pharmacy in Bantry so take him off the list he doesn't need to get called to a vaccination centre or he doesn't need to be called by his his GP so thankfully they have identified the problem and are working on it so it's an IT glitch 1850 John Paul taking your calls you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie Kildare Community Development, they've got their weekly lotto draw, four o'clock this afternoon in the community office. They've got a jackpot of €1,300. And there's a couple of Christmas markets happening over the next few days. Mallow Christmas Market is on tomorrow, 9am to 1pm in St. James's Church Ground. There are gifts and local produce from local producers and artists. And for Moy Farmers, Christmas Market runs this weekend. It's on tomorrow evening between 6 and 9.30, Richmond Hill in for Moy. And then they're back on Saturday from 10 in the morning until 2. They have over 30 stalls. Again, lots of produce and gift ideas along with hot food and carol singing at the Fomoy Farmers Market. And on Saturday, there is a Cork Penny Dinners collection in Castle Magna Community Hall. It's Saturday morning from 10am to 12pm and they're back again on Saturday evening after Mass between 8 and half past 8. Cork Today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Thank you to a listener who sent this in. Remember on Monday when we were, to, or on Tuesday when we were talking about Storm Barrow and some people hadn't got didn't get their bins out on time for Country Clean and they'd done an early run and uh, they didn't realise that the bins should be out earlier and they missed and they were trying to get through to Country Clean and it turned out Country Clean was just flat out uh, busy uh, taking calls from people so there was a kind of a delay with people uh, getting through to, to them and I know some of our listeners failed to, to get uh, through and they were wondering what were they going to do because if it was the recycling bin it was going to be full and how would they survive for another two weeks so somebody was on to say tell any of those listeners who missed the Country Clean collection because of the storm that if they ring Country Clean Country Clean will send out four 
bags which they can use and place them beside their bins for the next collection day. That's a really good service. Well done to uh, Country Clean who are making allowances for people because of Storm Barra that didn't get their bin uh, collection. Happy Christmas to all at C103 and many happy returns to you. On the booster, Michael says, Patricia, how are you doing? I got my booster in City Hall a few weeks ago. Lo and behold, I got a second appointment for City Hall a couple of weeks later. I did ring them to explain what happened and it took about 40 minutes to get through. The guy I spoke to kind of was scratching his head couldn't understand how I ended up being called to the same centre twice says Michael <laughs> that's that's a new one on me I've heard certainly heard of people getting their f- booster done at either their GP practice or at their pharmacy and then getting called to a vaccination centre but how the system is not recognising that you were already done Michael you are truly truly very special and somebody else says Patricia I got my booster done in October and I'm just wondering how do I update that information on my vaccination search to say that I had my booster. They're not actually doing that. We, when the boosters first started, we got on to the HSE to find out, you know, would people, would they resend out a new vaccination search? Would it be emailed out like the previous one? Would it be posted out the way some people had theirs done previously? And we were told no, they're not updating any of the COVID certificates, your COVID passport. It just says you're fully vaccinated. It doesn't, they're not going to update it to say you've had a booster or not. Now, whether that will change going forward, it may do, but certainly for now, your COVID search remains as is showing that you're fully vaccinated. It doesn't indicate whether you have been given a booster shot or not. And can we please spare a thought for the good people of Castle Magna? I mentioned them that there are some parts of Castle Magna are without power. And one of the first things we did this morning was we got onto the ESB networks to see would we have any white smoke for the people of Castle Magna as to when they can expect their electricity back. Now, I absolutely accept that all of the ESB crews on the ESB networks are working flat out and they do their very best to get power back as quickly as possible. And we were told when we got through, because of the amount of damage that was done in that area, it would be at least tomorrow evening, Friday evening, before power is connected in Castle Magna. When a listener says, Patricia, Castle Magna, no power since 2pm on Tuesday. I was wondering what time we went out. So the middle of the storm, just after lunchtime, 2pm on Tuesday. To date, still no power. Now we're told it may be restored tomorrow evening. My freezer, all the food has thawed. Oh, I'm using a gas ring to boil our water for tea. It's like living in the third world. It's disgraceful. Well, again, the, the ESB network guys, they're out there working as, as best they can. And it is desperately frustrating to be out with power that long. Hopefully the food in your freezer is covered on your house insurance. It normally uh, is. They are working on it but they they did say it is going to be tomorrow uh, evening but yes it's only when your electricity goes that we realise just how much we depend on it. My heart goes out to you uh, for sure. Hang in there. Okay, we are trying to get as many people to have their Christmas covered by us here at C103 and we're giving away super value gift vouchers and they are worth €500 every uh, day. We've just got two days left for you to win one of these vouchers today and tomorrow but yesterday Martina on Drive Time asked people to ring in with the bells from yesterday and then she made a call to Liam in Blackpool and here's how she got on. Hello, Martina. Hello, Liam. Yes, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Liam Smy, an unusual surname. 
It is, yeah. It's um, French, a bit of French and a bit of English in it. Okay, fair enough. But yeah. you're in Blackpool. Yeah. I am indeed. You sent us in a message all about the bells. I did indeed. For C103's Christmas Uncovered. How many bells did you hear today? I heard 17. Whoa! Yes, <laughs> that's great, Martina. Thank you so much indeed. I've been trying very, all no. week and every day and everything, so you're very good. What kind of difference will this make now for your Christmas? Oh, it'll be a huge difference altogether. You know, it'll be really, really good for everybody in concern. And um, I, 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 I give some of it to the charity as well. So it'll be, it'll work out good for everybody. You know. Oh, you're a sweetheart. What are your plans? Um, at the moment, I'm off. I work, I work in the, um, in the Mercy, so I'm off at the moment. But that could change, you know, the way it yeah. is. But not to worry. I'll, I'll be, a, I'll be at home anyway, enjoying it. I've been enjoying it even more now. Yeah, and you can buy plenty yeah. of stuff in the run-up to Christmas, so all the I shopping will. list is sorted. I will indeed. You're very kind, Martina. Not at all. Well, happy Christmas to you, and thanks for listening okay. to C103. You're what very a, kind, and thanks again. What a gorgeous man, Liam Smy, as is, Martina's a very neutral surname from uh, Blackpool, and the fact that he's going to give some of it to charity, that's a really generous thing to do. Uh, well done. He's got his, his Christmas covered with C103 with Super Value gift cards, perfect for every occasion. They're available in-store, are for e-gift cards that can be sent with a personal message. You just search Super Value gift cards and you've got to listen weekdays today and tomorrow, 9am in the morning, 2pm in the afternoon and then at 5 and then add up the total for all of the bells that we rung each day and then Martina will let you know when to text our WhatsApp and your chance to win only on C103. Good luck with that. We've been encouraging people to send in calendars if you're involved with a charity or a community group or an organisation that's using calendars this year to fundraise to get them into us please so that we can give a mention and encourage other people to buy your calendars and an absolutely gorgeous calendar has arrived on behalf of Ross Garbery Tidy Towns and I can tell you flicking through the diary or flicking through the calendar this is a must for anybody in Roscarbury or anyone who ever lived in Roscarbury who've got loved ones abroad for you to send this calendar uh, to them. It really is beautiful. It's available for €10. Euro. It's available in all of the shops in Roscarbury and all photographs have been supplied by the community with the proceeds raised uh, going to the Tidy Towns. And there's a beautiful sunset of Roscarbury on the very first page. But on January, there is and I don't know if that was taken by a drone or not, but it's a nighttime photograph. I imagine sometime in the summer, to see all the lights on, of the Castle Ross Hotel and the roads leading around the Castle Ross Hotel. It is just uh, stunning. The vaccination, the COVID vaccines, uh, vaccinations are also in there. It's got some of the local doctors with some of the patients. It's just, it really is uh, beautiful. But it's, and there's gorgeous ones of swans by John Quinlan for the month of May and it's the mother and the and the, the mother swan and the little cygnets and I take it that's the dad coming up the rear looking after them, after them. It's beautiful. So that's the Ross Garby Tidy Towns community calendar available in all shops in Ross for €10. Euro. Please try to, we all buy calendars, try to buy one of the calendars that's going to support locally someone, some organisation in your area. And if you are involved, as I say, still time to get the calendars into us. We'll keep mentioning them right up to uh, Christmas Eve. You can get them into me here. Patricia Messenger at C103 Goulds Hill in uh, Mallow. Let's take a break and we're back talking about why we shouldn't be buying designer puppies. Court today on C103 with John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie This is the Cork Today replay on C103. And by the way, Jane Pickett, our resident vet, not with us this week. Uh, she'll be back with us next week. But we are staying on the animal theme because the Dublin Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals is warning people, considering buying a puppy, that no legitimate breeder would ever breed a so-called designer dog. And to explain more, I'm joined by Gillian Bird of the DSPCA. Good morning to you, Gillian. Good morning, how are you? I, I, I'm very well, thank you. I suppose Good. start by describing what you mean by a designer dog or designer puppy. The designer puppies are the labradoodles, the cockapoos, the, uh, all those type of ones. So you've even got the pomskis. You've basically where you have somebody who's decided to take two pedigree dogs or even three pedigree dogs and combine them to make what is basically seen as a designer dog, a dog that is a mixed breed, pretty much a mongrel, but is fitting the criteria that social media likes, where people, you know, take lots of photographs and think they're really cute. They might be a mongrel, but they come with a very high price. What are the health implications then for crossbreeding these dogs? So anybody who is a legitimate breeder who is breeding pedigree dogs will know that the dogs that they are breeding can have 
genetic issues. Some of them have heart problems. Some of them have hip issues. So majority of the pedigree dogs out there, the breeders will know they have issues. They will get the dog screened to make sure they're not producing puppies that are going to be very unwell, may end up having to be put down at a very young age. But unfortunately, there is no real screening done prior to the crossbreeding of, of these other dogs. So, for example, if you've got a Pomeranian and you've got a Husky, people think, oh, it would be really cute, we'll produce these Pomskis. Um, and there's never really much thought put into whether or not the parents will have issues that could, you know, become even worse in the puppies. Uh, but, and there are a lot of these crossbred dogs available for sale. Yes, COVID has hugely increased the demand for these dogs. Um, everybody wants the little fluffy cockapoos and things. And that's the problem. So it has become a huge demand. And because people seem to think they're going to spend more for a pedigree dog or there's going to be more issues in owning a pedigree dog because of health reasons and other things, people have produced these what have seemed to be in the past a cheaper version, but a more designer version. So, for example, a lot of people want to get something like a Labrador, but they um, want something hypoallergenic. So they have produced this Labradoodle, which is supposed to be non, non, uh, doesn't affect children or people with allergies, pet hair allergies. Doesn't always happen to be the case, but what you end up is a crossbreed between a poodle and a Labrador. But you go, go with a, po- a poodle first. Why do you have to crossbreed? Well, you know, if, exactly, if, if, it's, if it's an allergy exactly. uh, issue. But of course, Gillian, the big, big worry is that many of these crossbred dogs are coming out of puppy farms and they can have, on top of the health implications, they can have huge behavioural issues as well. They can, absolutely. Because, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I wouldn't actually want to take on a particular breed of dog because I know they can be hyperactive, they can be very lively, they can be not good with children. Absolutely. And the, and the problem with anybody who's mass-producing puppies, they don't have the time to spend on these animals. They're not always interested in the temperament of the parents. And that's a huge thing when you are actually producing puppies. The temperament of the parents and how the parents are... are looked after and how the puppies are handled from a young age and their experiences can have a huge impact on the temperament of those puppies as they grow up. Yeah, and and COVID has helped these rogue breeders because now it's so much easier if you're ringing up to buy a dog online or a puppy, oh, I can't meet you in the house because of COVID, I'll meet you in the car park. Yeah, absolutely. And and we've actually ourselves seen cases where we've been able to trace puppies that are being sold online in Dublin trace them back to registered breeding establishments around the country. Because a lot of these places the puppies are coming from, we have to be fair to them, they are registered as dog breeding establishments. They have been checked out for the conditions of the animals by the local councils and the vets. It's just the fact that animals shouldn't be mass-produced. And yet you can look online at some of these so-called breeders and everything looks above board. I, I know, for example, I had a family member who was trying to a couple of years ago buy a, a pup online and through our vet slot here, I contacted the vet to say, are these, because they were local, are these mm. uh, above board? And she straight away said, do not go near them. They're a puppy farm. She, like obviously yeah. as a vet, she was very much aware of them. But when you went online, it looked like these dogs were living in the lap of luxury. Absolutely. And we've seen cases where dogs have been taken out of out of places where they are being mass produced, brought into the home, somebody's home, 
and then basically advertise. You can go to the home, you can see the puppies with the mum. Oh, maybe the mum isn't there, maybe the mum's just gone for a walk. But they do try to, to pull the, uh, the wool over people's eyes, and that's where it is very much a buyer beware. Um, and what I have to laugh at is, a lot of people won't go to rescue centres to adopt animals because they're terrified they're going to take on an animal that's going to have problems, could have behavioural issues, could have health issues, and yet they're prepared to spend a fortune a on buying something that's been mass-produced. That's a great point. Even more problems. That's, and, and that's a be, terrific point. Yeah, if you go to a rescue group, you're you're kind of going in there with with an open mind and prepared to spend a little bit more time and effort and, and money sometimes on these animals, whereas people expect something perfect when they're spending hundreds and hundreds of euros for them. And you ask anyone who's ever taken on a rescue dog, the love you get back from a rescued animal, it's almost like that dog knows I've been given a second chance here. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. And there again, a lot of people, when they do go to see these puppies they've arranged to buy online, they feel sorry for them. They know there's something wrong and they buy them out of pity for the animals, which is no good because what it's done is put money in the pocket of the, of the breeder. Was the DSPCA, were you part of that seizure of animals? The, there were mainly dogs in the two City West apartments. Yeah, the guards actually seized them, so we're looking after them up here in the shelter. Um, you can probably hear some of them in the background. You can hear those ones in the background. But yes, so we have we have um, um, a lot of the dogs up here in the shelter with us. And, you know, they're, they're doing well. Some of them are very nervous, um, but they are doing well. And, and that's the sort of thing that brings to light some of the unofficial breeding facilities that are actually taking place. It's obviously very unusual to get them in a in an apartment in a fairly built-up area, but it is something that does happen, unfortunately, and, and people just aren't in, aware of it. I saw some of the, the the footage online. They were in crates on top of each other, so, I mean, excrement would have been going from one cage to the other cage. And and even they were just standing in it themselves, absolutely. Oh, and and, it's, you know, and we don't know how long they were in that house for. We don't know how long they were in those cages each day for how many hours. And, you know, it's just not a place that you really want to be rearing puppies. And, and you wonder when people have issues with the puppies they've bought that, that they have problems. You wonder why. And we all know that's the reason. And the mothers of these puppies, they live the most awful lives. They, they literally are kept alive just to breed more and more puppies. Isn't that the case? Absolutely, absolutely. And then they'll often take the, the, the females that are born to those mums and they will then take over the place of those mums. And we have to not forget the dads, the daddy dogs as well, because a lot of people think, oh, sure, the daddy dogs, they have a great life, you know. Yeah. What, what a better life. But, but some of them now, are there again, are kept in appalling conditions. All their job is is literally to produce puppies. They're not walked, they're not loved, they're not necessarily cared for. Now, there are some places that do look after the animals, but it's not a life. Dogs should not be mass-produced like this. This is why the idea of a puppy farm is just so appalling. They should not be mass-produced. Okay, so obviously what we point to everyone, the best option if you want a dog, and not for Christmas, by the way, but in the new year, it's a rescue dog. But if people still want to buy a puppy, what's the general advice, Gillian? You really need to go, if you want to get a pedigree dog, because that's at the end of the day what you should be getting encouraging is the pedigree dogs. You need to go to somewhere like the Irish Kennel Club, look up the registered breeders. You could be on a waiting list for 18 months. So it's not a I want it now thing. Any good legitimate breeder will make you wait until they have available animals. And and unfortunately, rescue centres sometimes don't have what you're looking for exactly the day you go in. You may have to wait as well. So if you want an official dog and you do want to buy one, go and seek advice from the Irish Kennel Club from your own local vet and 
do your research. Okay, well done, well done. And listen, um, continue good luck with the fantastic work that you do at the DSPCA, uh, Gillian, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. Uh, Good afternoon to you, Gillian Burge there of the Dublin Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Uh, Listen, says hi, Patricia, a very high percentage of pedigree dogs are actually line bred. That is how certain breeds are were obtained. I have a Jack Russell slash Dachshund cross with 10 years. Very healthy dog. And obviously you got it from a very recognised uh, breeder. Remember the lady who uh, freezer, all the food is freezing because electricity has been out in Castle Ma- Magner and all the food in the freezer has thawed out. And I was saying check with your house insurance company to see if she can claim. She's back on to say I did check with the house insurance. They advised me not to claim for the contents loss in the freezer. Why? Because I lose my no claims bonus and my premium will increase. Oh, it's frustrating, isn't it? To insurance companies, you can never win. Can you? you can never win with an insurance company. That really is a bitter pill uh, to swallow. Okay, that's where I've got to leave you for today. Thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick with you for the afternoon, and we're back with you for the final one of the week tomorrow morning at ten. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Court very good afternoon today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurances can sale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.